And as I mentioned earlier, I'm excited this morning to share some more about the recent trip um, that I took at uh, the tail end of November and early December to Tanzania. Just share some more vision from that trip and just some more about um, how we're going to partner um, with Lake Victoria Bible College um, in 2019 and, and what that it looks like for us as a church here this year. And so um, I'm going to take a little bit of time and recap a little bit of what I talked about last week. So if you are here, that's okay. I'm just going to share a little bit about that if you weren't here. Uh, this is a chance for you to kind of hear a little bit about Lake Victoria Bible College before I move on to um, a little bit more just about the country of Tanzania, just to help you capture a little bit of an idea of just more about the country of Tanzania, just kind of what's going on in the church there as a whole in the Assemblies of God in Tanzania. Because I think if, if you can understand what's going on there in the Assemblies of God, it'll also help you understand the need and the importance of, of what why we need to help with the Bible school there as well. And so, as I mentioned last week, I spent the majority of my time sharing about Lake Victoria Bible College, which is one of seven Assemblies of God Bible Colleges in Tanzania. Um, and the college was the main reason that I, along with seven other uh, lead pastors, went on this trip uh, to Tanzania. And so we went to see some of the needs that were present at the school as they continue to grow amongst the rapid growth that's taking place in the church in Tanzania right now. So at the end of 2018, they just finished up this uh, massive venture to plant 10,000 churches in 10 years. 10,000 churches in 10 years. I talked about that a little bit last week, and we'll talk about that today a little bit more. But that's just incredible when you think about that idea. That's just a little bit of growth, right? 10,000 churches in 10 years, that's, that's a little bit of growth. But getting back to Lake Victoria Bible College, I shared about how they're desperate for housing. They've got a, a desperate housing shortage situation right now, where they currently have about 220 students that are enrolled at their school, but their current dorm situation was only intended to hold 80 students. So that means they have nearly three times as many students as their dorm room was intended to be able to hold. So here's a couple pictures that I showed last week, the first picture. So this is me standing in a dorm room that has five bunk beds in it. So there's 10 people that are staying in this dorm room that was intended to have four people sleeping in it. 10 adults. I may mention this last week. These are, their Bible school students are 30 to 40 year olds. They're not 18 to 22 year olds like we tend to think of. So there's 10 adults sleeping in this dorm room here on top of each other. The next picture you're going to see here has eight beds in it. Eight beds. Think about that for a little bit. Would you enjoy living in one of these rooms of eight people or 10 people? Some of these rooms had 12 people in them. 12 people living in this small, little space. I made mention last week about how I complained about having to share my little dorm room with one other person when I was in college, and I thought, man, this room is tiny, and this same size room is being shared with 10 people or 11 people uh, over at, at the Bible College here. And so the need for a new dorm building to increase their housing capacity is greatly needed. 
But I also share that it's not just the need for it, there's also the challenge of, of the geography there. They, they deal with the layout of the land that they deal with because Mwanza, Tanzania, which is the city that I was in, is also known as Rock City. If you go to the next picture, this is what much of the city looks like. It's built around Lake Victoria, and it's literally it's laid out on the rock. That's how much of the city looks like. And they don't have access to equipment like you and I do here in America. They don't have bulldozers and excavators and all kinds of power equipment that they can come in and, and just level out a foundation, you know, an area to lay a foundation like we could easily do. They have to do it all by hand. Manual labor. They have to create space and flatten out an area all by themselves. Everything's done by hand. And it's done by the students and the teachers and the faculty at the school. They do all the manual labor themselves. Here again, here are a couple pictures to remind you if you were here last week or if you weren't here. Here's a couple pictures uh, of what the grounds look like before they started. So here's a bunch of Here's, here's Bible school students and faculty and teachers out here working in the rocks. So this is what the ground looked like. A bunch of huge rocks. And they're just starting to pick them up and, and move them in different stuff. Go to, if you go to the next picture, please. This is without them in there. So I, I may mention this last week. If you look on your guys' bottom left-hand side here, you see the big ledge of rock that's here in the bottom corner. That's what they started with. They have to break it up into these bigger rocks in the middle, and then eventually break it into the piles that look like the pea rock. And they do that all by hand with sledgehammers, pick rocks, hammers, whatever they can do, but it's all done by hand. Then they move it with buckets, wheelbarrows, that kind of stuff from one spot to another. And then eventually they, they flatten out the ground enough that they can lay a foundation upon it. And I'll show you a picture of that uh, when we get a little bit further into it. And then finally, last week, I shared with you a little bit about Priority One, which is a missions organization who, who we partner with on this trip that believes that the greatest way to advance the gospel around the world is to invest and train up the next generation of leaders. And they do so by providing Bible schools, colleges, and training centers all around the world with whatever they need in the sense of buildings to prepare leaders. So they do it by fundraising and, and providing money to help build buildings. So the organization that we're partnering with, Priority One, is going to build or fundraise to help build this new dorm building at Lake Victoria Bible College. So if you go to, this is the foundation now. The foundation has been laid for this building. So they cleared the area. This is a group of us pastors, along with the president of the Bible School and the executive director of Priority One, standing on top of what will be the second floor of this dorm building. So the, the bottom floor is a lockout, so you can't see it here. We're on top of what will be the second floor of the building. And some of the, the bottom floor has already been temporarily finished off, if you go to the next picture, to create five rooms for temporary housing to help alleviate some of the housing issues that they already currently have right now. 
And so there's 40 students that are currently going to be staying in these five rooms. So they put eight students in each of these five rooms to help alleviate some of the pressure that they're already dealing with in the housing situation, just, just as temporary help and relief at this point. When the building is, is complete, this four-story dorm building will increase the capacity on campus to over 300. So it'll go from what was intended to be 80 to about 320 will be the capacity for how many students they will be able to hold on the campus. I may mention last week that the total cost for the building is $130,000 for the materials. You don't have to worry about the labor because the students, the faculty, and the teachers do all the labor. Um, so as I mentioned last week, as, as, as a church, I made a pledge that we would raise $10,000 in 2019 to help finish the dorm building project. And I mentioned that number seems big, even overwhelming. And I noticed some people, it shocked us. And I didn't mention it last week, and, and maybe I should have, but here's the deal. We're going to work hard, as hard as we can. We're going to be creative in trying to raise the funds. We're trusting God that he's going to provide it. We're going to be obedient to what God is asking us to do, both individually and collectively as, as a body. And if at the end of the year we come up short, that's okay. Because here's the deal. We're not on the hook for $10,000. If at the end of the year, say we raise $6,000, they're not going to come to us and say, you owe us $4,000 more. Pay it out of your general fund. Do whatever. Our goal is to raise $10,000, and we're going to do everything we can to try to raise $10,000. If we come up short, we'll come up short. But I'm believing that we're not going to. I'm believing that we're going to find a way, that God is going to provide it. But I just want to put you at ease. Because I know that there were some that maybe were, 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 were worried or were, were wondering, well, what happens if we don't make it to $10,000? What happens? It is not something that, that we have to have that, that pressure or that worry about um, if we don't make it there. The bottom line is that between the 10 churches that were there, we just want to make sure that the $100,000 is raised. That's the bottom line. We want to see $100,000 raised between the 10 churches to see this building uh, put up and see that money raised so that the door building can be completed as quickly as possible. That's the other side of it, is, is that, yes, we want it to be done by the end of the year, but if it could be done by July, that would be awesome. Because the reality is the quicker we can raise the money, the quicker they can build the building, the sooner they can get students into the building, the better off it is for them. Because they do school year-round. They do trimesters, and so they're doing school year-round. So the quicker we can get the money there, the better it is. However, as I said, I'm believing through faith that God is going to provide the funds. And I don't believe that I'm the only one here this morning that believes that God is going to help us to come up with the funds to reach the $10,000 goal. But before I move on this morning, I also want to make mention last week that I said that I believe that God is going to ask some of us 
to give a certain number this year towards the project. Maybe a number that we don't have, and we don't know where it's going to come from, but we have to trust Him for it. And I told you last week that God gave me a number during the message, that, but that I didn't want to share it because I hadn't shared it with Pastor Laura. And I didn't want to put her in that place to hear it for the first time from the pulpit with everyone else in the room as well. But I said I'm going to share it with you once I've shared with her. Because I believe that as a leader, sometimes I need to be vulnerable. Sometimes I need, I need to set the bar. I need to say, you know what? As a leader, this is what I feel like God is asking me to do. And so this morning, I want to share with you what it is I believe God is asking us to do. We don't have it. I don't know where it's going to come from. But the reality is, is, is I believe that God is asking Pastor Laura and I to give $500 for this. And some of you are going, you know what? Maybe that doesn't seem substantial. It's $500. Well, I don't know where $500 is going to come from. Because the reality is, is we budget out everything we make and we don't have $500 that's just sitting around to give to something like this. But I also know that if that's what God asks us to give, that God is going to provide that $500 somewhere to give towards this project. And that's just what faith is. It's believing that if God is asking you to do it, he's going to provide it. But it's also exciting because I think about that and I go, you know what? $500, that's a 20th of this project. If God provides it, that's one twentieth of the way to reaching our goal. Hey, that's pretty awesome when you think about it. But I just want to make mention, I, I told you last week I would share that with you, and I wanted to make sure that I, I held true to my word, and I wanted to share that with you this morning. So now I want to share more about the country of Tanzania, what God is doing there over these past ten years. So I made mention to the fact that they planted, their, their, you know, they wanted to plant 10,000 churches in 10 years. So maybe you're wondering, how in the world would you ever do that? How do you even go about doing that? Well, they had a very in-depth strategy uh, about how to do it, and we don't have enough time this morning. We could take a couple weeks, and we wouldn't have enough time to really get into the strategy. But really, the most simple way to put it is that Every existing church at the start of those 10 years needed to plant seven churches in order for them to reach 10,000 churches in 10 years. So if you do the math, that means that they basically had 1,473 existing churches, I think, at the start of that 10 years. Each of those churches needed to plant seven churches over the 10-year span to plant 10,000 churches. That, that's pretty incredible when you think about it. Or some of the churches that were planted within that 10 years had to quickly turn around and plant a church of their own. They had to reproduce and plant and, and say, we're going to plant again. And I want to share with you a couple stories about different churches and, and how they planted, because they're pretty incredible. So this church that I have a picture of here next, so my friend Paul, who was on the trip, he pastors down in Delano, just outside of the Twin Cities, he spoke at this church, and I had the opportunity, he got dropped off before I did. This church was about a half mile away from the church that I spoke at on Sunday morning. That's how close these churches are. A lot of them are like a half mile, mile away from each other. They're all right next to each other. It's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but this church that he spoke at, they don't own this building. They're renting this building. They, 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 have, they owned a small building about 12 years ago. 
They outgrew it. But instead of buying a new building, because they knew that this, this church planning venture was going to be coming up where they wanted them to start planting all these churches, they said, you know, instead of buying a building, we're going to rent a building that, that, that will be big enough for us to do it because we want to start planting, planting churches. So why did they, why did they do that? They, they said, we believe that we want to start planting churches, and the way for us to do that it is, is not for us to spend money buying the church right now. It's for us to rent. Sorry, excuse me. They, they, they just decided that they want to start investing in other churches. So over 10 years, what did they do? They planted seven churches, which is incredible, but not only did they plant seven churches, let me explain what they did when they planted those seven churches. When they would plant a church, here's what they would do. They would buy that church their plot of land, they would build them their building, and they would send their pastor over their first year salary. And they would send them 20 members. They did that seven times. Bought them a property, built them a building, sent them 20 members, and paid their pastor's first year salary. Did that seven times in 10 years while not even owning their own church building. That's pretty incredible. That's called investing in the next generation, or not the next generation, but investing in a new church. That's called investing in, in people that are not your own. Like, that's not investing in your own church, that's investing in the unknown. That, that's all incredible. They did that all while renting their own, renting a building and helping others before meeting their own needs. That's called believing in something greater than yourself. I was so encouraged when I heard this story about the church. And, and, and recently, at the end of 2018, they finally decided to buy their own plot of land. And they're going to build now their own church building so that they can finally own their own and not have to rent anymore. But that, it's just an incredible story of just investing and just giving of themselves to another uh, group of people and helping. The next church I want to share about this morning is probably what we would, many of us would think of as the typical African village church, if you go to the next picture. So if you see in the background here, this is literally a stick-built church with tarps around it, and actually really battered, torn up tarps. For many of us, this is what we might think of as a village church in Africa. This church is it's a stick frame, as I said, with what's left of tattered tarps around it, in a small fishing village. And that, that, that's the pastor and his wife that are pictured here, uh, there um, in, in this picture. And, and the next picture here you can see, this is us pastors and the pastor and his wife. We're sitting on these, these little wooden pews that are like literally like eight inches off the ground. I, I don't even know how people sit in them. Uh, they were so low to the ground, but that's us sitting in this church. And that this is the only church that we've seen our whole trip that didn't have the white plastic lawn chairs. Every church in, in Africa basically has white plastic lawn chairs. That's just the way that they roll. It doesn't matter how nice the church is. It doesn't matter how much money the church has. 
They all have white plastic lawn chairs. Um, it's just the way that they go. But this was um, this church had about 12 to 15 members in it. 12 to 15 members. But I want to explain to you what a member looks like in the Tanzanian Assemblies of God Church because it looks a little different than what we think of it when we think of a member here in America. To be a member of the Tanzanian church, you must be 18 years of age or older, you must be baptized in water, you must be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you must be a tithing member of the church. That is what's required to be a member of the Tanzanian Assemblies of God Church. So for them to say they have 12 to 15 members of the church means that they probably had anywhere from 40 to 50 people who actually attended their church on a Sunday morning. That, that's typically what that would mean. They look at church membership and numbers a little bit differently than we do here at the American church. But 12 to 15 members makes up about 75 to 80% of the churches in Tanzania. So a 12 to 15 member church makes up 75 to 80% of the churches in Tanzania. So this is the typical size church. They don't all look like that. Many of them do. But that's the typical size church that you'll find in most villages, in most areas of Tanzania. So when you think about the, the thousands and thousands of churches that got planted, many of them look or are size similar to this. Um, when we were talking last Wednesday in our community group about how they planted so many churches, and we were, we were you know, I kind of made mention to what we were talking, they said, well, if they planted all these churches, they already have pastors. Is there a need to continue to train more pastors? Well, here's the deal. They're going to continue to plant more churches. They're taking a year to kind of evaluate where they're at, and then in 2020, they're probably going to start a whole other venture and plant more churches in Tanzania. Because here's the deal. Unlike here in America, where we can, we can transport easily from one city to another, and one area to another, it's hard for people to transport from one area to another in Tanzania or, or Africa in general. If you live in a village, it's hard to move from one village to another village. Or it's, it's not convenient or it's expensive to move from one, you know, if it's a remote village to another village. And so basically, if a village doesn't have a church in it, that person more than likely isn't going to have any exposure to church. And so the reality is, is every village needs a church. And so that's why it's so important that there are churches everywhere in Tanzania and, and throughout Africa and in many places in the world, because without a, a church, whether it's 10 people, 20 people, or 100 people, Without a presence of a church in any of these small areas, there is no presence uh, for these individuals at all. And so it's important that every village has a church. So another church that I want to take just a few minutes and talk about is a very recent church plant. You'll see it here in this next picture. This church plant was only about two and a half months old uh, when we visited it. it was, it's a very new one. Um, it's actually it's a very nice brick building compared to many of the other churches that we went to, um, as I mentioned, is, is relatively new, and they're actually not even entirely done with the church. They started using it because it's functional. They're not even done with the pastor's office. They weren't done with the bathroom inside, but they're just using the outhouse outside because 
it, they don't care, and they don't really need a bathroom, it's just whatever. So they're just using it. As I said, it's been there for about two and a half months. Does anyone want to guess how many members it already have at this church in just over two months? 60. You hit it on the head. Just over two months. Remember, 18 or older, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit, came ties. 60 members. They have 200 people on a Sunday morning attending this church. It's been there for two months. You want to know something that's even crazier? It's in a village of 400 people. It's in a village of 400 people. It's just, it's just another example. That's just, it's, that's the hunger right now that's going on in Tanzania for Jesus. It's just an example. Of, it's, it's, people are just hungry and ready to receive what's going on. And it just, it's, it's, it's revival. Revival is going on right now in Tanzania. It's just, it's so important that just we have to capture it. It's just like we were talking about on Wednesday again. It's, revival took place here in the 70s, right? Many of you who were on some you, 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 you witnessed it, and many of you were saved in that time. It's, it's important that we capture that momentum, and that's what's going on here. You have to take advantage of, of the opportunities when they come by. And that's where we have to just say, what can we do to help in this time, in this situation, to, to do whatever we can to help them? Um, here's another picture of it. This, this same church is up on the hillside. So this church is sitting on a one-acre plot. Um, this church was built, that land was bought for $20,000. Everything totaled, $20,000. Just think about that. Again, it's, just, it's hard for us to imagine. $20,000 doesn't get us anything in America. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't, money doesn't go anywhere here in America, but you can take money and you can sure stretch it a long ways, um, you know, when, when uh, it's sent over there. And so that's one of the cool things as well. And so the Bible school students actually helped build um, that church uh, as well. And so, um, but every village that we visited had something unique about it that I can share about this morning. Each church and pastor that we talked with had stories of just amazing things that God had done through their ministries. And it was just so refreshing to see churches that were growing and, and dreaming and reproducing and making such a difference in their communities. Uh, it just, it was, it was so fun to see it and, and to be a part of it. And so next week, uh, I'm going to share, as I mentioned last week, I'm going to share next week some different ways that we're going to Raise funds. You know, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? How, where are we going to come with $10,000? Next week, I'm going to share some of that with you. But this morning, I'm going to share one idea with you. Super Bowl Sunday, February 3rd, right? So as we all, we've always done, we've got the chili cook-off and stuff that's going to go on during the Super Bowl on, on Sunday night. And we'll have that going on. But Sunday morning, we're, going to, we're calling it Super Sunday. Uh, and we're going to receive an offering that morning, and we're going to kick things off. Uh, and, and I just, I'm believing that that Sunday is just going to be a momentum Sunday, and we're just going to kick things off with a bang, and just believing that that we're just going to get the ball rolling that day. Um, and, and I just want to receive an offering that day, and say, you know what, we're just going to get started 
towards our goal of raising $10,000 for this project. And as I mentioned, we want to try to raise the money, you know, as relatively quickly as we can as well, because it is time sensitive to an extent, because they are dependent upon the funds. Um, they can't work on it until the funds come in as well. And so, you know, as we get $500 or $1,000, you know, we're going to send it off as quickly as we can so that they can continue to work on it as we can. And so, um, but I'm believing uh, on February 3rd, uh, I set a goal in my mind. I would love to see us that Sunday morning raise $3,000. That's a goal that I set. I'm believing that Sunday we're going to raise $3,000. Uh, between our offering Sunday morning and, and the Super Bowl party, Sunday night, I'm believing that Sunday we can raise $3,000 that we'll be able to send off um, the priority one that they can then send off to Lake Victoria Bible College um, to help them with the supplies that they need um, to help with this project. And so um, the worship team, you guys can come back up at this time as we get ready to wrap up this morning. But again, we, we want to help get these students back into into this new dorm building as quickly as possible. Uh, we have all here to work towards a goal, but as I mentioned, we do also want to do it in a timely manner if we can as well. But this morning we're going to close out our service with prayer. So if you came in this morning with a need, or you'd like prayer, we want to join together in prayer with you this morning.